Good morning and welcome to Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Monday. It is the first day of October. Happy 2019. If you're the federal government's fiscal year, it starts today. So uh, we'll should be here pretty soon. See how much more the debt went up in 2018. It is the start of fiscal year 2019 we've got rain here in the valley of the sun and we love it uh i guess there's some storm in mexico making its way up here we're gonna get rain uh today and maybe even tomorrow uh, somebody said and one of the weather people and so you know i don't know if it's accurate or not that they said saturday saturday was hot here uh but saturday they thought would be the hottest day for the whole rest of the year. Uh, so uh, something to look forward to. The, the weather is starting to change. Uh, and, of course, the the fact that the sun isn't out and the raindrops are dropping is always a great thing here in the desert. Uh, some bad news. I know some of you uh, know, I, and I've talked about uh, Homer's wife. She's been battling cancer uh, she she uh, lost that battle on Saturday. Uh, for so for those of you, uh, if you could just keep Homer in your prayers. Uh, obviously, to lose your spouse is always difficult, uh, and and cancer is just it's a horrible thing, and it's a horrible disease, and and I and it just gets me upset, right? Because I know in my heart of hearts, I I'm not uh, a scientist, and, and no, I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn last night. But they're just poisoning us. They, they just are, and, and uh, it just angers me. But uh, nonetheless, uh, heaven got a number one draft choice over the weekend, that is for sure. Uh, so if you could keep Homer in your prayers, uh, uh, we would appreciate it very, very much. Um, yeah, that's all I can say about that right now. So uh 800-951-0592 is our toll-free number wealth insurance the physical delivery of gold and silver uh the metals program we're done and i and i should say we have a, a pair of brothers and so if you're listening brian or peter if you're listening uh, one of you uh, had a, a special thing that you wanted in your medals program, uh, and that's on its way here, and then you'll go out. Uh, everything else is done. But everybody else, all of your stuff, most of you probably already have it. Uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, you will be. And for those of you that are picking up in Colorado or Phoenix, you've already been notified. And if uh, either you picked it up or are going to be picking them up, uh, the start of a new quarter. Listen, don't let another quarter go by. Uh, get involved. This is something for as little as $100 a month. There's no maximum, right? If you want to do $100 a month, $500 a month, 250 2000 whatever it is, you leave a credit card on file. You tell us the amount in the day of the month. If you want it done on the 1st, the 10th, the 12th, the 18th, whatever day of the month, you get four physical deliveries a year. And here's the best part. You buy them at all the volume discount pricing, so you get the best pricing uh, to go along with it. There are no fees. That's the thing I, I think. Uh, you know, when we started the concept, 
of a a way to you know I I, I told uh, and I started it way back in, when uh, me and Eric were together. Uh, then we kind of did away with it. Then I was able to bring it back. But what we wanted was so many people. I listen to you every single day, but I just can't afford, you know, uh, a $1,300 purchase or an $800 purchase or a $400 purchase, whatever it may be. And we wanted to come up with something that let everybody have the opportunity to get prepared. Because I know we don't want to talk about it and we want to we wanna live in fantasy land. We want to be able to believe that we can live well beyond our means forever. And we know we can't. But I wanted as many people as possible who wanted to prepare to have the ability. Now, when you start with a program that's as little as $100 a month, and I know $100 a month is still a lot of money for a lot of people. A lot, You know what? Here's the sad part. $100 is... A lot of money for most people. But it, it, it's we really couldn't figure out a way to do it for less. I, I keep trying, and maybe I'll have an epiphany one day, and we'll be able to do it. But one of the things that was important to, to, to us was we needed it to be friendly to everybody especially those of you that are really, hey, that really is tough for me. If you need uh, to cancel, you can cancel anytime you want. You can put it on hold, cancel, same thing. Something you had an unexpected expense, you just call and say, hey, I, I can't do it this month, or hey, can you put it on hold, and I'll call you if, when I'm ready to do it again. All that. Absolutely. It's the easy, we have people do it all the time. I would venture to say, if not every week, every other week, somebody's either saying, hey, can you put me on hold, or somebody's calling, hey, can you start me back up? There are no fees. No fees to set it up, no fees to put it on hold, or cancel, or close it, or whatever word you want to use. There are no fees. We charge the least amount possible to ship it, and that's it. Everything else goes to the cost of your products. If you want more details, go out to allamericangold.com. You can read about the metals program there. If you want to give, you want to sign up, give Arlene a call at 800-951-0592 and we will sign you up. Page of the Radio News Hour talking about uh, we had a free trade agreement happen uh, over the weekend, Canada has gotten on board. Um, I'm looking for details. I don't have a ton of them. Uh, we know already from the agreement that was signed with Mexico, uh, the biggest piece, the steel and aluminum tariffs stay. So those, it doesn't look like those are going to come off ever. Uh, so... Uh, the 25% steel and 10% aluminum tariff stayed. Uh, we we have this weird agreement now, and I say it's weird uh, in this regard. You have to have a, a lot of it focused on autos, okay, the automobile industry. 
you have to now have between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada 75% of all the parts that go into making an automobile have to be made in North America. Not the U.S., but North America. Uh, that is up. Right now, I think the requirement is 62.5%. Uh, now, now that's going to go to 75 And my guess is it will be a phased-in thing, right? Hey, uh, by 2020-something, uh, that's going to be the number. And then they had another agreement about... X amount of employees had to make $16. Uh, that was the other part. It, I didn't see, what I didn't see is anything about dairy farmers. I don't know if those tariffs got better or not. Uh, but again, and I don't want, hey, it's a good deal. It's a better deal than we had before. There's no doubt. But it's not, nothing spectacular. Right, and again, well, and again, let's face it. Mexico and Canada are, are are big trading partners of ours, and we don't have, you know, a huge the huge debts that we have with China. So, it, will it help the trade deficit? Probably not. Uh, but is it a little better deal uh, than the deal that was previous? Absolutely. Would we have gotten it without doing this? Uh, uh-uh. uh. That's the sad part. We had to go to this length to even get that. Uh, that's got Wall Street excited, and, and uh, General Electric fired their their CEO over the weekend and hired somebody else. Uh, that has a big part of the, and apparently, and of course, you know, GE. Uh, it's actually getting ready to get out. It, it probably the next time they cycle the Dow stocks, they're probably going to be out of the Dow. Uh, but they were up like. 15% on news that they got rid of their CEO. Uh, gold and silver have had a tougher day, uh, not because of the trade agreement. Matter of fact, they're actually coming back because of it. Uh, yeah, like right now, gold's down $260, uh, $1,189. Uh, silver's still down about $0.20, cents, uh, but it was down more earlier. We had more problems in Italy. And I know I'm getting tired of talking about them, but it's kind of remember how long we talked about Greece. <laughs> it, you know, you forget, but but you we seemingly talked about Greece all the time, uh, and now it seems to be Italy again. We had more issues in the in the budget, right? We we talked about how they want to go farther into debt. Uh, breaking all of the rules of the European Union, and today the EU said that they were going to punish the Italians for it, and and so we had uh, the euro weakening. Before it's all said and done, listen, the euro's going away as well. I mean, it's not just the dollar. They're all going to go away. Because the answer really is, here's the problem. Think about what the Europeans were trying to do which was, number one, they wanted to have more leverage. Okay, Think about it as a person who's buying gold, and if you call up and you're doing $500 versus a person who's doing, say, $50,000, right? the person that does the $50,000 is going to get a better price. Well, the same thing works in trade. 
right? So the European Union said, hey, let's all pool our resources together. That way we can rival America, right? We can rival the United States, and we can use this leverage against them, which they have done. Right? Look at all the great trade agreements they have with us. But one of the things that they did, in order to create credibility, is they said, hey, listen, we're going to keep our debt-to-GDP levels below 2%, right? something that we'll never probably do again. And now what's happening is, for a while, that seemed like a good idea. Now, we saw Greece, and remember, I mentioned them, Portugal, Ireland, uh, Italy, Spain, all of these countries now, they're running into problems because their economies aren't very good, and they want to run higher deficits than what the EU would allow. In other words, they don't have their own printing press anymore, and now we're, we're seeing problems, and, and just like that, even with your own. See, we have our own as well. The reason why we got, how did we get to $21.5 trillion to begin with? How was that possible? See, why Italy doesn't have a $21 trillion budget deficit. Italy doesn't have $15 trillion in debt or $10 trillion in debt. Their number's way lower than ours. They may not even have $5 trillion in debt. As a matter of fact, I'm positive they don't. But how can we get away with such a big number? Well, the key was there was a couple of reasons. First, we had Bretton Woods. Right? For those of you that don't know what that is, it was something where I will say this. It was an ingenious, ingenious banker plot that we used on the world after World War II, which said everything that's bought has to be bought in dollars. In other words, uh, all, any trade done between two nations. And here was the best part. We didn't even have to be the nation involved. <laughs> hey. France and Germany, you want to do a deal? You want to buy, uh, and I don't know what you buy, right? You want to buy sauerkraut from the Germans, right? And, and, and the Germans, you want to buy wine and cheese from the French? You have to do it in dollars. Which required all these countries to amass dollars. And again, remember now, they tell us to put the money in the bank. They don't put their money in the bank. No, sir. Instead, they buy bonds. That's how they do it. And that really allowed us to live way beyond our means for a lot longer than most other countries could ever imagine. And while we, you know what's funny? Is while we've had this little stock rally for the last, what, let's say, coming up on two years now. Do you know what's really happening? Do you know 
how the rest of the world is really viewing our great economy? Do you? First of all, as we knew a few years ago, we allowed the Chinese to enter the world as a reserve currency. And I was here telling you this is not good for us. But there was a reason why it happened. And it wasn't because the United States wanted it to happen. That wasn't why. The rest of the world wanted it to happen. Because they look at the Chinese as the alternative to the dollar. And they look at it this way. Well, it's four or five times bigger. And they're already, for most of the world, China's the number one trading partner for most of these countries. Already. It just made sense. Now, the first year or so, no one really cared. Yeah, they, they added a little bit here, a little bit there, but that was it. Right at the beginning, and then nothing happened. But now, all of a sudden, more and more money is going into the Chinese market, and more and more money is coming out of the U.S. market. And we kind of got this this thing happening now where, yes, on the outside, we feel real good, don't we? Right? We, we don't care. We just racked up a trillion dollars. There's no reason. Matter of fact, if you want to take a word from Donald Trump, we have the best economy America has ever had. That's what he said. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. This is the best economy we've had in a long time. <laughs> He's not wrong about that. Ever? No. Long time? Yes. But how did we get it? And the answer really was simple. We just blew up the debt. There's no recession. Not yet. It's coming. Get ready. There's no major war being fought. Not yet. But guess what? Get ready. That's coming too. And the numbers are exploding. They're not going. And again, it's not like the debt is going up. 3% or 4% or 5 or 10. I mean, we're seeing the debt go up 50% in a year. 50% in a year. Right? And they come out and they lie to your face and Larry comes, the deficits are coming down rapidly. Uh, you know, maybe he got confused. But really what he meant was they were going up rapidly. Right, but they wanted to lie to us about the tax cuts. And now we're sitting here and we've got an economy that's slowing. Right, we already talk, I already told you about housing. If you're looking for the top, you missed it. And now automobile sales and housing are both the headwinds going into the fourth quarter, just like I told you. Matter of fact, we're, we're starting this new quarter. So far. 98 companies 
out of the S&P 500, so about 20%, have offered guidance for this quarter and for the rest of the year. 74 of them have given negative a negative outlook or guidance that they, I know you think we're going to make $4, yet we're not going to make that. We're going to make something less. That's the negative outlook. They said only 24 have been positive. The 76 that gave a negative is is it well above, about 8% higher than normal, because they always do that, right? Wall Street's always way too high. They try to tamper it down. Uh, but when you look at what is coming up here next, this is why, and I think this is why you're seeing all of these countries slowly here. I don't want to, listen, I don't want to overhype it. It's gradual. They are gradually adding more Chinese renminbi to their reserves and they're taking it out of dollars. Not a lot, but remember, how did you go bankrupt? Well, it was gradual at first, and then it was suddenly. Patriot Radio News Hour, we'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. October 1st, 1746, was the birthday of a famous pastor of the American Revolution days named John Peter Muhlenberg. This gives us a good opportunity to reflect on a little-known piece of history and maybe learn some lessons to deal with today's challenges. Pastor Muhlenberg is famous for ending one of his sermons with this call to arms. In the language of the Holy Writ, there is a time for all things. There is a time to preach and a time to fight. After he spoke those words, he took off his clerical robes and revealed that he was wearing a uniform in the Continental Army. Then he marched out of church with 300 men of his congregation following him to join General George Washington's Virginia Army. Pastor Muhlenberg was later promoted to Major General. He endured the freezing winter of Valley Forge and fought in the famous battles at Brandywine, Germantown, Monmouth, Stony Point, and Yorktown. He was later elected a congressman and then a senator. In 1889, Pennsylvania placed a statue of John Peter Muhlenberg in the U.S. Capitol's Statuary Hall. The Muhlenberg story reminds us of how important Christianity was in the founding of the United States. We were led by men who were very outspoken and public about their faith, and Christian pastors were real leaders in the fight for independence and liberty. I think we should all remind our own pastors that they need to be leaders in the current battles, particularly the current moral battle to protect marriage and the traditional family. Unfortunately, many pastors of all denominations are reluctant to speak out forcefully to defend marriage when we are confronted with attacks on it in ballot initiatives or in proposed legislation.
Christian pastors should be out in front defending marriage that is under attack in legislatures and in the courts. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. When America turns our back on our Christian heritage, we shouldn't be surprised when biblical precepts like honesty, kindness, respect, justice, and freedom are abandoned. At phyllisschlafly.com, we still believe in rights endowed by our Creator. If you agree, find out more at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800 We're talking about huge amounts of money. Why would you think about it this way? Would you give a company, give your brother, your sister, your son, or your daughter money when they were spending 25 to 30 percent more than what they're taking in? And, and, you know in the foreseeable future that number is going to rise even more. Right? Because right now, right, we take in somewhere around $3 trillion in taxes and other items. We spend somewhere between $4.4 and $4.5 trillion. Got news for you. It's already 2019 today. I know it's not, but uh, calendar-wise, but for the government, it is. By the end of 2020, we'll spend over $5 trillion. <laughs> It'd probably be taking in only $3 trillion. See what, see, see what I'm talking about? Would you loan that person money? Right, and right now, and kind of like a, a family member, Originally, we did. Yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. We keep lending it and lending and lending. And then eventually, like, you know, that's it. I'm not giving them any more money. Right? Because it doesn't fix anything. It just bails them out for a little while, and then they go right back into spending way more than what they have. And this is what is happening to us. And all of these countries, they know, hey, we can't dump them all at once. Right? We can't cut them off all at once, but we're gradually going to start cutting them off. Right as they know we have a bigger and bigger need to needing that money. So it was, I was not surprised. When they started talking about the 2% inflation target needing to all of a sudden, hey, it probably needs to go higher. Japan is a great example. Right? What has Japan done? Right? They're, they've got an economy of about $5 trillion. They have debt of about $5 trillion. Right? They're very similar to we are. Uh, the difference is their their currency isn't a world reserve currency. It's, it's in the basket. But no one really uses it, right? You know, maybe, maybe 3 or 4% of all the world's holdings is in yen. 
And most of that is all with the Bank of Japan. But they can't get inflation. Rates are zero, rates are negative, and they can't get it. Then they've got the ECB, right, the European Central Bank. Of course, what do they do? They have the debt targets, right? Of course, that doesn't create inflation either. And now the United States, for over 10 years now, we've been living with this 2% target. And according to them, we're not getting, by the way, I don't know if you saw gas prices jumped again. I think we're going to see $3 gasoline before Christmas. Right, this is when gas is supposed to be falling. I know I'm getting off track, but I just I just remember seeing it when I came in. So now the central bank is saying, you know what? We may need to rethink it. And the fact that we thought some of these costs are, you know, they like to use words, oh, it's just transitory, like gas, high gas, it's just transitory. Or the Phillips curve is broken, right, where you're supposed to make all this money. And now they're starting to talk about we need to do something with the inflation rate. What they did is they took a whole bunch of really smart people. My guess would be hundreds, maybe thousands of people with PhDs, right? The great economist minds of the world, well, at least of the U.S. And they had them do what they do. What, what, you know, what do academics do? They do research. And what they started to do was they came back and said, you know what? We've looked at a wide variety. We've had people that produced answers of 6% to some came back with the less than zero. You know what they didn't come back with? No one came back with 2%. No one came back with 1%. No one came back with 3%. There was a couple fours. But you know what they came back with? Two extremes. We either need 6% or more, or we need negative. Right? Think about this. Remember what negative rates would really do. We didn't get there the last time. We almost did. Could you imagine, and you think about all the fees your bank now charges you. It's ridiculous. As a small business owner, you know what I'm talking about. Could you imagine banks charging you for the right to have your deposits there, and I mean not just on the fees they already charge. Hey, you got you know you got twenty five thousand dollars in the bank this month. Uh, the rate is negative two percent, <laughs> so we're just going to take two percent of that. Now look at the other side, six percent. 
other words, the Federal Reserve shouldn't even raise rates until inflation hits 6%. So think about that. Right? The the CD which doesn't even pay 1% today. The Fed wouldn't even hike rates until you were losing 6% of your money. Why do they do that? Have you asked yourself? Remember, for our whole, all of the 80s and the 90s that they created those 401ks, you were supposed to buy bonds at 55. We'll talk about that next. 800 uh, Gold and silver condition. Looks like they're getting close to break even here, fighting their way back. Uh, if you missed it early on, we had issues with Italian ponds blowing out again. Uh, get ready. And this is going to keep spreading. You know, and it started in Cyprus, and it went to Greece, and they pretended to fix it. Now it spread to Argentina and Venezuela, and of course, you know, they 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 let you, you know, Venezuela. Well, it's that government that did it, right? They, you know, they they try not to talk about Argentina. You know, if you want to know if central bank policies work, you look at Argentina. The IMF has been there forever. In every 15, 20 years, their currency blows up. And it's starting to spread. Because, again, they didn't fix it. They know this. Listen, and I know it's hard. But they already know. Listen, this is not meant to last forever. The dollar... It's kind of at the end. Right? And I don't know what inning we're in, right? You know, as a baseball. Are we in the, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth? I don't know. But it's coming. And now all of a sudden, here's what's funny. We've only had this two percent inflation thing for about ten years. Now they're talking about, you know what, maybe we need to study this a little more. Right? And we got to talk about the tools that we have in our toolkit. And you know what the study came back with? Either you've got to have inflation go a lot higher, or you got to go to negative rates. That's your two choices. Right? You've got to have runaway inflation. Oh, and by the way, lie about it. Right? You gotta lie, right? In other words, we don't even talk about raising rates until inflation's at six. Or you go the other way, which is, hey, you got to go right to negative rates. So, so you look at it this way. When the economy's good... You wait till uh, inflation gets to six before you start raising rates. Or when the economy's bad, you got to start charging people to have their money in the bank. Either way, what their goal is, 
is having money in the bank is bad. Leave that to the rich people. You need to spend everything you have. We want to incentivize you to buy risky assets. So if you're fortunate enough, and there's not that many, that, hey, I'm not a, I'm not a super rich guy, okay, I'm not a millionaire billionaire, but I've done okay, right? I, I climbed the company ladder, and I'm a mid-level executive, and, and I've done okay. You're the one that gets punished the most. The, the guy that's at the poor end who, hey, you know what, every two weeks I get my paycheck, and by the end of the two weeks, <laughs> boy, I need that paycheck again because I got nothing left. You get hurt a little bit, right, because inflation's running, that means your paycheck goes doesn't go as far as it used to. But, again, there, it's kind of like a multi-pronged attack. Number one, they want everybody's money in. They want you in everywhere. Okay? All these rules about cash and no more third-party checks and all this. Listen, they, they, oh, yeah, that's the money laundering. Come on. Please. It's not what it's about. Oh, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and the bad guys. We wanted to end that stuff. We could. We don't. We like war. Well, why do you think first thing we do, we go into these countries and we bring a bunch of weapons in there and, oh, God, the other guy's got them now. How do you think that happened? But really what this is about is we need all the money in. Look at your 401Ks. Right? What do they keep trying to do? How do we get the small business guy to get them? We need everybody in. The more money we get, and they put into the stock market every week, the less chance they can have to protect themselves. What don't they want? They don't want you with cash under your mattress. They really don't want you buying gold. I mean, that they, they hate that more than anything. Right? Why do you think they have their buddies, J.P. Morgan, try to keep the price down all the time? They don't want you to have a store of value. They don't want you to be able to have a way around the system that they're putting in place. And now they've got all these great rules about what you can do in the next downturn or what you can't do. Because it's really not your money. And now, according to all of their research, they said, you know what? you got to get more extreme. See, the rules work just fine when your deficit was little. Right? When, when you... You know, remember the years where the budget deficit was maybe $100 billion, right now we're all freaked out? Now there are a trillion. Means the rules got to change. And how they're going to change them is what scares me the most. 
Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. Final segment, 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Call and ask me what we have. We've got a bunch of, we got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So if you're looking to add to your gold or silver holdings, call us. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll really set you up really good with the little bit of this and little bit of that that we have. Uh, so today's a real good day to call if you're looking for, for a, a good deal and you don't care. Hey, I just want gold, I just want silver, and I don't want to pay a lot for it. Today's a good day to do it. 800 uh, Gold's down two and change. Uh, again, we had the free trade agreement, which is helping gold. Italy problems, not helping it because obviously that hurts the euro. Uh, so you got a little bit of dollar strength. Silver's off. Uh, you know, we had a big move in silver on Friday, a little bit of profit taking, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but still, silver's at 1450. Uh, silver, 1189. The Dow's up. Just under 200 points. It was up like 270 earlier today. Again, very, very, very much bubble activity. Again, doesn't matter. Good news, bad news. Just buy, 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 buy. Even though the real data is really showing these slowdowns, and really the amazing part was the study the Federal Reserve did themselves. Do you want to know what they're going to do next? I'm going to tell you. They are going to make it incredibly painful for you to have any savings, period. They're either going to let inflation run loose, or they're during a quote-unquote good time, or they're going to go to big-time negative rates during the bad time. But either way... You're going to be punished. And here's the other thing, and they keep doing it, right? Forcing more and more and more of the money in. And when it all comes undone, the bond bubble, the biggest bubble of them all, no, you cannot go into debt as big and much as you want, even if you have your own printing press. Doesn't work that way. And guess what? The rest of the world, very slowly, walking away. And again, I'll say it, and I've said it a million times, how do you, do you go bankrupt? It was gradual at first, and then it was suddenly. And this is really what it is that we're facing. This isn't my research. I didn't do this. Oh, well, my financial planner doesn't know about it. Of course he doesn't. He just wants to collect some fees. This is why we've had all the booms and the bust and all this stuff. It's all manufactured by the When they talk about tools in the toolkit, you should not get excited. What they mean by tools in the toolkits, we've got more ways to creatively punish the average person out there. That's really what those tools are. What do you think negative rates is meant to, to help you? I know that, but they tell you on the TV, oh, isn't that great? Now they're talking about, hey, you know what, that inflation. <laughs> I told you that was just a, 
a beginning number. It was They didn't want anything too big, so 2% sounded about right. And then they cheerlead when it gets there. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Enjoy the rain. Enjoy the cool weather. We'll be back tomorrow.